0: Hey, this is Joey Rumble. I'm the pastor of Summerbrook Church in Somerville, South Carolina, and this is our podcast. I hope the message you listen to today speaks to your heart and helps you connect with Jesus and grow in him. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning. Good to see you. Welcome in the house and online. Great to have you with us as we journey through God's Word. Together, we've been in a series through the book of Daniel. Uh, Continuing the series, Ancient of Days. The second half of the book of Daniel is all about prophecy, eschatology, and and really leaning into those prophecies. And also uh, leans in some to end times as well. Uh, 11 and 12, uh, definitely move in that direction, which is awesome. Uh, So excited to take that journey with you. Before we jump into Daniel, I want to read to you Hebrews 4. Verse 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's why it's so important for each one of us, when we hear God's word preached, when we dig into God's Word in a small group or in our personal devotion time, that we are so open to what God's Word is saying to us because it penetrates the heart. It is living and active. So I want to encourage you as we dig into God's Word today and journey through the book of Daniel, have your hearts open to, because God's Word is incredibly uh, specific in each one of our lives to Bring application. The Holy Spirit takes His Word and brings application to each one of us. I think it's just an absolute, miraculous, beautiful thing the Holy Spirit does with God's Word. And so, as we do that, uh, we're going to go pull out your Bibles or your uh, message notes. You can follow along on the screen or uh, follow along uh, through Version Bible app or however you would like to. The key is to get into the book of Daniel chapter 11. So it's going to be Daniel 11, verse 1 through 4. First two verses, As for me in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up to confirm and strengthen him, and now I will show you the truth. The angel here is, uh, the, the vision is speaking here, I will show you the truth. Behold, three more kings shall arise in Persia, and a fourth shall be far richer than all of them. And when he has become strong through the riches, he shall stir up all, uh, through his riches, he shall stir up all against the kingdom of Greece. Then a mighty king shall arise who shall rule with great dominion and do as he wills. And as soon as he has risen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided toward the four winds of heaven, but not to his posterity, nor according to the authority with which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be plucked up and go to others besides these. So this is so cool. So first of all, you see that. And now I will show you the truth. A claim here from Scripture saying this is supernatural revelation of truth. And verse 4 here, uh, the history is played out. as This was in the 6th century. And it was very specific. it's, uh, It's been amazing. Uh, the accuracy of these prophecies that have been fulfilled throughout history now, except the end times, which is yet to come. But in verse 4, it describes the death of Alexander the Great in 323 B.C., shortly after establishing an enormous empire that was eventually divided among his four generals, the four winds. So God's Word, as we go to it, we need to understand God's Word is Truth, the the book of Daniel, the sixth century BC prophecies is now accurate history. Except today, we'll look a little bit at end times and uh, and lean into that next week as well. Now, this is why uh, God's word is so important in each one of our lives, is that life will throw you some audibles sometimes. I I, I had asked for Christmas this year to if Jenny would uh, buy me a a, a ticket to. Uh, Do a triathlon. So that was my big Christmas present this year. And so last uh, Saturday, not yesterday, yesterday we had our church work day. Went great. Thank you so much for what you did with the grounds here, team. It was just a great day together, serving together. Awesome. Uh, But the Saturday before we went down to Florida so I could do the triathlon was five ish in the morning. Real early, it's about an hour drive to where the triathlon is, and, and I tell Jim, hey, let's, let's check the email. And so we, we check the email and find out that the triathlon's been canceled because of a tornado watch. So I'm like, well, there goes my Christmas present. I'll be. And so, uh, and then, it, not only that, it ended up being even a much more expensive Christmas gift because of the price of gas, you know, like twice the price of the Christmas gift to go down there to do this triathlon that did not happen. Now, that was a, a small audible that you call an audible So okay, it didn't happen. But in our lives, uh, sometimes we face these challenges, some extremely difficult, extremely heartbreaking, uh, other challenges that are uh, in the middle, not quite as bad, but a challenge that we, got, we need wisdom of how to navigate it. And, and just the day-to-day living, uh, all of us need wisdom from God. And so as we get into God's Word, it's so refreshing to know that His supernatural revelation of truth can speak specifically to the needs that we have. Now, we're going to look at, as we continue Daniel 11, verse 5 on, uh, the future is divided up into four movements. And so there's four periods of time that are mentioned here in the, the book of Daniel. So the future is divided up into four movements, and you can see that in your uh, message notes. And, and Craig Yoho, one of our elders who preached uh, chapter 7 and chapter 8, uh, really uh, broke a lot of uh, the prophecy down and w- to be fulfilled and what's been fulfilled in history. And then Tanner and Mary uh, leaned in last week, and I just felt like Craig and uh, Tanner and Mary just did a tremendous job of uh, taking us through those chapters together, just awesome, so rich. Uh, but as we look at these four movements, so I'm not I'm not going to go deep into it because we've already um, uh, exhausted some of it. When I say exhausted, went through it. You can never exhaust the book of Daniel. But I want hit, to just hit some highlights. Daniel 11, uh, verse 5 through 19, verse 14, we're going to look at. In those times, many shall rise against the king of the south, and the violent among your own people shall lift themselves up, in order to fulfill the vision, but they shall fail. So the commentary shares here that the angelic messenger warned Daniel in the first this first period we're looking at, when the Seleucid king Antiochus the occupied Israel, some violent Jews would rebel in fulfillment of the vision, but they would fail. Presumably, they would uh, be under misapprehension that the end is near. Which the book of Daniel is making clear that the end is not near now, that this is in the future, uh, talking about end times, as we'll look at in a minute. Um, and then de- the next period of time, Daniel 11, 20 through 28, I wanna highlight 11, verse 27. And as for the two kings, their hearts shall be bent on doing evil, they shall speak lies at the same table, but to no avail. For the end is yet is yet to be at the time appointed. So the, the commentary shares here in the second period there would come a time when the cruel king of the north, which is Antiochus the of Epiphanes, would sit at the negotiating table with the king of the south, Tolome the of Egypt. With their scheming hearts bent on doing evil, the angel pointed out to Daniel that their plans would come to nothing, for the end is yet to be at the time appointed. Again, we may infer here that there is a warning here against mistakenly thinking that the wars and intrigues of these kings with Israel caught in the middle and suffering constant harassment and violence meant that the end of time has arrived, which was Not the case. And then Daniel 11, uh, verse 29 through 35, the third period of time that this breaks down, the commentary shares here. um, Daniel was told in the third period, the king of the north, Antiochus IV, once more, enraged by the Roman-imposed limitation of his power in Egypt, would vent his wrath against those Jews who refused to join their compatriots and welcoming Antiochus's imposition of Greek culture on their land. And I want us to look at two verses from this period, which is Daniel eleven thirty-one and 32. And I want us to t- uh, really bring an application to our personal lives from this piece. In Daniel 11, 31 and 32, it shares, Forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and fortress and shall take away the regular burnt offering. And they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. And I, and I, I just I love this statement here. But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. Now we had uh, challenged the church, challenged you at the beginning of the year to we we gave out the Bible reading programs to read through the Bible to, through in a year, and some of you have. Uh, been doing that and I have and so uh, this is uh, just really fresh on my mind as there's so much in the Old Testament uh, about the burnt offering, the the sacrifice uh, and I'm just going to take a, a, a moment to highlight that and then lean into application. God instituted in the Old Testament where the people of God would regularly bring an animal for a sacrifice presented for their sins on the brazen altar. This was a covering for their sins until the spotless lamb, would come to be the sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. Now, who's the spotless lamb that would come for the uh, sacrifice of the sins of all mankind? Jesus, right. And so so we need to no longer, because of that, we no longer need to do an animal sacrifice and a bird offering. Jesus paid for all sins, and it's throughout all of uh, Scripture. You see, is one of the biggest highlights I like is Hebrews seven twenty seven. Now, what happened is in Antiochus, because of his uh, anger and his just um, just a demonic leader uh, of the devil, Antiochus Fourth of Epiphanes, he did away, it caused the Jews not to be able to do the regular burnt offering anymore at the temple, along with so many other things that uh, Craig Yoho broke down for us when he taught on this. So this is a huge deal. This is a massive deal that Antiochus the IV takes away what God has told the people of Israel to do of this sacrifice, of this daily sacrifice and regular burnt offerings that they would do. So how does that apply to us? Because Jesus has paid the price for us once and for all. All our sins are paid for as we place our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we have done that, we no longer need to do the uh, uh, this anymore that was instituted in the Old Testament. Well, this is how it applies to us. Look at, in Scripture at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. All of us are still to uh, be a life of giving over to sacrifice, and not in the Old Testament way, but now that we're in Christ, that our whole life is worship unto God. Our whole life is to be a living sacrifice unto the Lord and in being a, a living sacrifice unto the Lord um, I've heard it said my pastor growing up used to say this the problem with a living sacrifice is that it keeps crawling off the altar so many times in our personal lives uh, we strive to do something yeah I'm going to, I'm all in for God all in and then the challenges of life hit us you know what I'm saying? Like uh, real challenges, disappointments, difficulties, discouragement, whatever it is. The vote don't go your way. And, and, and all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm all in for Jesus, but this is painful, this is hurting. So we, what does a living sacrifice look like? We are to stand firm and take action. Each one of us, and we, uh, we are as Christ followers, those who know their God are to stand firm and take action and we, each one of us, are to be living sacrifices unto the Lord. Now, I, today, because it's baptism, is a great moment to teach on this living sacrifice. Because baptism is all about a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Uh, I'll take you to Romans 6, 3 through 5. Romans 6, 3 through 5. Do you not know? that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So what baptism signifies... In each of our lives as we go to baptism today is that you are, uh, you've placed your faith and trust in Christ. And now you're obeying him by being baptized. You're saying, I am done with my old way of living. I'm, I'm I'm dying to self. I'm being immersed. I'm dunked in the water. I'm done with that way. I'm in Christ now. And as Christ went to the cross and was a sacrifice for our sins and was raised, uh, was resurrected, we are uh, put in baptism, we're getting rid of that old self, doing away with it, and being afraid, raised to newness of life. And now we live a life unto God. So, what is a living sacrifice? A living sacrifice is one who walks out their baptism every day. That's what a living sacrifice looks like. It's one that has died to the old way of living and and lives to newness of life. It's beautiful. picture of living sacrifice and so um, each one of us need to make sure that we do that. Now there's a if you have not been baptized yet there's a connect with Jesus card in your info guide. We'd love for you to fill that out and you can place in the buckets as it's passed into the service or turn it in at the welcome center and and we'll uh, get you baptized. If you sense today man I need to be baptized uh, we'd be uh, glad to do that. Now another piece as we finish up our series next week, Ancient of Days of Daniel 12 and looking at end times, right after that, we're gonna go into three weeks of how to live, through, learn how to live through a bad day. And it's all about how to walk out being a living sacrifice. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take the seven statements that Jesus made while he was on the cross. And we're gonna spend three weeks in the finale being Easter service where we're gonna look at These seven statements and how they can change our lives and and through learning the example of Christ that we can begin to walk out more being a living sacrifice unto the Lord. A a life that is consecrated, holy, set apart for God. Let's continue on to Daniel 11, 36 through 45. Toward the conclusion of the prophecy, the, the vision now shifts focus And dresses a situation that transcends the persecution under Antiochus IV, and thus the remainder of the chapter is often thought to deal with the Antichrist. The history up to this point is impressively accurate with the prophecies, but now 11.36 through 45 cannot be identified because they have not yet happened. The fourth period of Daniel is still in the future, which... uh, and there's tremendous uh, differences of thought process and and and, and uh, theologians trying to figure all this out and there, there's a lot that's mysterious here. but it's clear that there is a shift to where Antiochus it's somewhere in this point, the fourth is a, a thought model or a prototype of the end time when an altogether more sinister leader will appear who will exalt himself as God. so let me uh, we'll spend more time on this next week of the end times with the end part of this in Daniel 12. But I, I do want to hit just one big takeaway here, though. And it, We'll start with verse 36. And the king shall do as he wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god. And shall speak astonishing things about against the God of gods. He shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished. For what is decreed shall be done. He shall pay no attention to the gods of his fathers or the one beloved by women. He shall not pay attention to any other god, for he shall magnify himself above all. It's big. He shall magnify himself above all. That is so the Antichrist. He shall honor the god of fortresses instead of these, a god whom his fathers did not know He shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly gifts. He shall deal with the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign god. Those who acknowledge him he shall load with honor. He shall make them rulers over many and shall divide the land for a price. At the time of the end, talking about end times here. This has not occurred yet. The king of the south shall attack him. But the king of the north shall rush upon him like a whirlwind with chariots and horsemen and with many ships. He shall come into countries and shall overflow and pass through. He shall come into the glorious land and tens of thousands shall fall. But these shall be delivered out of his hand, Edom and Moab and the main part of the Ammonites. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries and a land of Egypt shall not escape. And the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall become the ruler of treasures of gold and of silver. And all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Cushites shall follow in his train. But news from the east and the north shall alarm him. And he shall go out with great fury to destroy and devote many to destruction. And he shall pit his palatial tents between the sea and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none to help him, and and uh, uh, leaning into the antichrist there, and we're gonna lean into that next week and end times, but I want to lean into a, a verse connected with the antichrist, First John four one through four. We could continue with this uh, referring to the antichrist, First John four one through four. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now it shares here, do not believe every spirit but test the spirit to see whether they're from God. This, this, this is a spirit of, antichrist, of the Antichrist. So a couple, a major takeaway but one piece I want us to understand to recognize the Antichrist of our day. To, under, uh, to recognize the spirit, of, uh, obviously the uh, one that does not cl- declare that Jesus is Lord, that uh, fully God, fully man, came to earth to die for us. Yes, that's uh, definitely the spirit of the Antichrist. But also there, there's this, um, how do you recognize when, when someone is teaching from God? Or they're an heir. You personally got to get in the scriptures. You personally got to open your Bible and get in the scriptures and and have God speak to you. For years, I had this Bible sitting on my 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 the corner of my as a little kid, the corner of my nightstand. It was collecting dust. It looked all nice and pretty and holy, but it wasn't changing me because it wasn't getting in me. Church, you got to get God's word in your heart to recognize the spirit of the Antichrist. You got to take the time to get to know God. My, the, uh, Daniel eleven. Those people who knew their God were able to stand firm. The last days, in times, it's difficult. It's not easy. we got to make sure that we're in God's Word so that we can recognize the spirit of the Antichrist. Let me give you another tip. If you or I are not open to biblical correction in our lives, it's a big-time sign of the spirit of Antichrist in our lives we got to be open to correction from God's Word. Remember uh, uh, Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, the piercing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. we got to be open to God correcting us in our personal time with God and small group of other Christians that love us and love Jesus to speak God's Word in us. When you hear the Word of God declared on Sundays when you come, you need to be open to correction you need to be God, teach me. And no one likes correction, but that's one of the ways we grow. And why is this a sign of the spirit of the Antichrist when we're not open to correction? The Antichrist raises himself up above God. When we're not open to correction in our lives from the Lord, what are we doing? We're trying to be our own God. We're trying to be in charge of our life instead of living a A a, a sacrificial life unto God, a a living sacrifice. When we're not open to God correcting us, and no one likes it, by the way, no one likes correction. It's not fun, but it's life changing. Church, the sign of the Antichrist is when we set ourselves up to be our own God. It's as old as Adam and Eve, and it's in every one of us. We can have that temptation. I want to be in charge. God's in charge. He's Lord. He reigns above it all. So we all got to check. Are we, all, we can all drift where we lack humility. We lack teachability. We don't want to submit to God's word in our life. But I'm telling you, that's the way that your life needs to be blessed when you submit. That's the way your life gets blessed is submitting to God's word. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that each one of us would be open to your word of correction in our lives. God, help us never to have the spirit of antichrist where we're setting our, ourselves as in charge. God, we're here to worship you. Your Lord, you're in charge. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would speak life into each one of us, specifically what you're saying this morning. Bring application. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said together, amen.